I'm not trying to like do a political rant here, but I was very involved in the navigation of the 2008 financial crisis. That was my job. I worked at uh, Freddie Mac, which is at the center of the mortgage finance meltdown that happened and kind of plunged the global economy into recession. And any time ever since then, I hear government folks saying, we need to amp up home ownership. We are barreling headfirst into treacherous waters. Every once in a while, uh, a news item will flash across our monitors. Usually somebody has done something stupid in the world of finance and we need to comment on it. I'm, I'm here in front of my house because I have a mortgage on this house. It's a helpful system that allows you to pay a little bit a month on the giant amount you owe on your house. Helpful for me, uh, allows me to live indoors, in, enjoy indoor plumbing, one of my favorite features of the house. Something super stupid has happened in Washington. So it's a special news bulletin edition and this is Abraham's Wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Mark, we wanted to jump on here and do an emergency little version of uh, Abe's to address a rule, not a law, not a law that goes through legislation, but a rule that has been passed down from the Biden administration regarding mortgages. I thought it affects our people and we should weigh in on it. So here's the rule. It affects any FHA loan and it begins May 1st. And there is a matrix, a uh, rather complex matrix that has to do with two things, what your credit score is and what the loan to value of your home is. You're trying to get a loan that's 30% of the value of the home, 50% of the value of the home, 80% of the value of the home. And those numbers, they're, they're finagling with them. And what is ending up happening is that uh, historically, if you have a higher credit score, you are a more dependable loan to banks. So they go, oh, we can, we can trust this guy. Let's just give him our, the going rate. If you have a low credit score, that means that you have not established that you can be trusted with a loan for whatever reason. And so um, those rates get, they, there's penalties that get tacked onto that. It's basically a little bit of insurance for the bank that says, okay, you might default on this loan, Let's get a little extra money from you while we can. Hey, if you prove over, over time that you're dependable, your rate goes up, et cetera. Well, I, here's the thing. Th this rule has been put into place for noble purposes. I think that we can say the noble purpose is we, we want to make it easier for people who are hard up for whatever reason. We want it easier for them to come into home ownership. But... <laughs> What they're doing is they are they are making the the penalties uh, the financial penalties for people with higher credit scores greater, while making the penalties for people with lower credit scores lower. So you've got people paying more for mortgages who have higher credit scores. They're good they're good borrowers, and people paying less who are bad borrowers. 
it kind of reveals an entire worldview of the whole financial system right now. And just as an example, somebody with a with a 680 credit score, that's a good solid credit score. Somebody with a 680, <laughs> it's 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 good. It's not great. It's a good credit okay, score. Okay. Somebody with a 680, uh, as of May 1st, for them to get a conventional loan is going to cost them $40 more a month uh, for like a $400,000 loan. $40 more a month. That's not a That's not an imaginary number. That's not a percentage. That's actual dollars coming out of your pocket every single month. And that's just one example. So um, my concern, among other things, is that we are increasingly incentivizing bad behavior. It is a version of um, being being too lenient on um, sentencing for people who have committed crimes because we say, well, whatever they, we don't know what they've been through and what their life experience is and simply going, there's been bad behavior. So we have to address the bad behavior. And so this kind of bending of rules and putting weight on people with good credit, trying to take care of people with bad credit. I think it's a bad look. What's your reaction? Steven, did you see my uh, tweet about this? That I, I didn't see your tweet. I well, I was flabbergasted by the FHFA director, the Federal Housing Finance Administration, I believe, um, who said the new rules are intended to increase pricing support for purchase borrowers limited by income or wealth. So they were concerned with helping people <laughs> who were limited by income or wealth. And I'm thinking, I am limited from all sorts of things. Of course you are. Income and wealth. Those are things that if I had more income and wealth, <laughs> I could go do all sorts of things. So I am limited by those things. And when I, when I think to myself, I want this thing or this experience or whatever, I want to spend money. And then I look at my bank account and I go, I am limited by income and wealth. I don't buy that thing. Right. For freak's sake. I just yeah. like, it drives me bananas. And I'm not trying to like do a political rant here, but I was very involved in the navigation of the 2008 financial crisis. That was my job. I worked at uh, Freddie Mac, which is at the center of the mortgage finance meltdown that happened and kind of plunged the global economy into recession. Um, And any time ever since then, I hear government folks saying we need to amp up home ownership, like housing. And we do need as a society, it is in our best interest to make sure that housing is affordable. There's lots of ways to do that. And home ownership is not the only way to do that. Right. And in the United States, homeownership is kind of considered almost a human right. And I don't think that's that's true. I think there's a lot of ways that we can support people having quality housing at affordable prices without saying you have to necessarily be the owner. Um, but anytime the government starts saying we need to, to make homeownership more affordable, we're, we are barreling headfirst into treacherous waters. Um, my, my daughter was asking me in the car yesterday, she said, well, if you, if you take a mortgage out and you sell the house, do you still have to, can you keep the mortgage so that you still pay it back over time? 
And I t- we, we got into this whole conversation about no, because the bank wants to know that the if you stop paying the mortgage, they can go take the house. And and I then we got into 2008 and I said, here's what happened. House prices were just going up and up and up. So the bank stopped investigating who they were lending money to because they just like the people who are buying houses they can't afford, the the banks started saying, well, houses are just going up in value all the time. So, you know, if we lend to uh, uh, somebody who works in housekeeping at a casino in Las Vegas, that was like one of the common examples is all these people who are housekeepers in Vegas were buying $400,000 homes. Right. If we lend to that person and they can't pay their mortgage, and they have had the house for six months, and they bought it for two hundred. Well, when we take it over, it's going to be worth two fifty, and we're going to make money on the deal. And and individuals were thinking the same way. Well, I can borrow it, and if I get pinched and I can't make the payment, I can just sell it and make a profit. Um, that all changed when house prices started collapsing, and banks got caught in their little their little thing. So. That all of those policies, though, that made it easier and easier and easier to lend were driven by we think everyone should be able to own right. a home, regardless right. of income or wealth. And right. I just would say, sorry, Charlie, uh, there are some things that you have to have income or wealth to do, and buying a house is one of those things. What, what your spokesman from the FHFA. Well, he might have he might has have well just said we want loans to be less loanish. It's we a sheet. We want them to yeah. be less about money, and we want them to be more about good wishful thinking. Um, just just to tell people the details a little bit more to kind of flesh out what the rule would look like. If you have a six twenty FICO score, now we're now we're getting into not not good scene here. You would get a 1.75% discount on your fees now from uh, in May than what they are now. They'll be they'll be less by 1.75%. If you have a 740 credit score, that's that's good. We're moving up into good land there. You're gonna pay one percent more in fees. So again, it's this flip flopping of of uh, let's reward uh, people who. If we just look at the numbers, we look at the record, they don't deserve to have a better uh, shake when it comes to uh, a mortgage. And then let's penalize the people who, you know, if having a high credit score doesn't mean you're rich. I had a very high credit score with no money because I had always had a credit card out and I always paid it off every month. So I had a very high credit score. So my only limitation when it came to buying a house was how much money I had because my credit score was really good. It doesn't mean that if you have a high credit score, um, you're rich. And the, the idea is we want to penalize. This is going to sound uh, contentious. It's not contentious. I'm, I'm quoting the government here. Um, the government has, has said white neighborhoods, white zip codes, white neighborhoods have on average, they, they quoted a 727 credit score. I don't know how they're coming up with that. Average score in black neighborhoods, they're saying, is average 627, 100 point difference. So they're saying, so what we want to do is we're trying to level the playing field by um, by giving more opportunity for people with a lower credit score. 
I'm sorry to say that's not what's happening. It doesn't work that way. What's happening is people that are getting penalized are people who are bad borrowers. A, a credit score didn't come out of the sky and it didn't come from racists or people with a political agenda. It's a simple mathematical computation of how much money you've borrowed and how much you've paid back. And so they're not really getting, they're not really penalizing um, stuffy uh selfish white CEOs who live at the house on the hill, they're, they're just penalizing people who have been responsible with their money. That's how they got a high credit score. So that would have included me, super poor 25-year-olds who had open credit cards and paid them off every month. So the incentivizing of bad behavior is one of my great concerns with this rule. And I want to talk, I just want to say something to our people, which is... I'm interrupting this to tell you that as of the end of this month, our Volley community is coming to a close. Volley is shuttering its doors. We are moving over to our community to a circle space. We'd love for everybody to be involved. This sounds awful to say, but the only way we know how to keep a gate on who enters that circle space for our community is donations. So you could donate anything you want at all. If you go to abrahamswallet.com slash donate, you could donate any amount at all. And we'd love to get you into our circle community where we talk with you guys on a daily basis. You get wisdom from other uh, members of the community. We have follow-ups if there's any questions on episodes and um, little, little fun whiz-bang stuff like gatherings. Um, anyhow, we'd love to get you over there. All right, back to the stuff. And I want to talk, I just want to say something to our people, which is we can't take our um, cues from what is legal or what the government affirms or denies. We just can't take our cues from that. We can't take our cues from the newspaper. We can't take our cues from what popular people are saying. We can't take our cues from... YouTube videos that are getting tons of hits. We, we, when it comes to the question of, well, should I pay off my debts? W what if that ends up penalizing me when it comes to pay? Well, I have to pay more because I've, I've got a better credit that we're still going to say, we're going to be as believers, as Bible followers, we're going to be people who pay off our debts because it's the right thing to do. I don't care what the government says about it. We're going to be people who love our families. I don't care what the government says about it. It's nice that there's mortgage breaks for uh, families that are together. That's nice. There's nice that there's mortgage breaks for uh, tax breaks for having children. That's nice. But the day may come when we don't have those incentives and we, we will not uh, take our cues from what's legal or what's affirmed from the top down. We'll take our cues always from what the scriptures say. Yeah. So I think that one thing we can do to help people make sense of this um, is tell them, what should I do? Should I do anything different in right. light of, of this rule? Um, and I have a few thoughts. Some of them, I just want to make sure nobody misunderstands this. Uh, even if you didn't hear what Stephen just said, which is that you should pay your debts off no matter uh, whether the government's going to penalize you or incentivize you for that. When you have, let's say you have a great, like an 800 credit score, that's really good. Um, and you go to get a loan and maybe because of your credit What's score. What's your credit score? What's your credit score? Me? 
Yeah. Uh, it's eight something. Uh, Same. I, I get little notifications. Uh, shout out to Experian. You can sign up for free. Yes, credit Experian. Monitoring. Helpful. Um, but you go to get a loan and let's say it's $2,000 is what it, it would cost because of your credit score. And this rule goes into place and now it's, you said $40 more on average. So let's yeah. say now it's $2,040. Well, all that's happening is if you had a 550 credit score, a really lower credit score, and you managed to get a loan, you're not you're not going to pay less than the person with the 800 credit score. But if you would have paid $2,600 a month for that loan, now you're going to pay twenty five sixty, um, yeah. and they're going to take some of those fees from the good credit score people and use them to subsidize the lower credit score people. So, uh, just purely based on the numbers, it does not behoove you to go tank your credit score because of this rule. If you're thinking about getting a mortgage, I just want to make sure everybody's very clear on that. Yes, that's good. I'll say again, we, we have to be really responsible even when taking out a loan. We can't be people who say, hey, if they'll approve me for a loan, I'm going to take it. We have to be people who say, wait a second, can I really afford the money that I'm borrowing? And will I be able to pay it back comfortably and responsibly? Yeah. And we've talked about that on here a ton when we talked sure. about buying a car. We said, don't go buy a car and say, what kind of payment can I handle? Um, because they'll find ways to get, get your payments down. And that's kind of what's happening here. The houses aren't getting cheaper. Right. It's just finding interesting ways to mess with the financing so that at least for the first couple months, they think that you can afford it. And I think your point is the main the main takeaway here is do not let some loan officer or some salesperson or whatever you're buying, don't let that person be the one who determines whether you can afford something or whether it's a good place to put your money. Um, you need to have that kind of calculus done on on your own level or with trusted advisors who you actually want to, to process that question with. Um, so... That's another big takeaway is, so number one, don't tank your credit score. Number two, actually, you be the one who decides what you can afford, not uh, based on what kind of loan you can get for something you want to buy. And then the last thing I would say is that this doesn't change anything about the way we would encourage people to think about using debt. So some people hear stuff like this and they go, oh, it's evil debt again. Debt's just, we got to stay away from it altogether. And we've talked a lot about one of the stages of maturity with money is being able to use debt wisely. Um, Right now, mortgage rates and and all interest rates are pretty high uh, in terms of what they have been for a while. Uh, Does that mean that you should never use a mortgage? Well, no. We're about to drop an episode that's about leverage and all about this subject of debt. So look out for that. One last word from me. Ephesians 4 says that we're no longer to live like the Gentiles do. That is, in the futility of their thinking. That's what it says. And we're surrounded by Gentiles and Gentile thinking. I just want to say that I know that it's hard <laughs> living upstream of a materialistic society. And whether that culture comes from your neighbors around you or the government ahead of you, it's hard to swim upstream. And yet, that's what we're called to do. So I bless you in being Abrahamic in your posture, meaning that you're willing to forego some pleasure now because you have a long-term perspective. 
you're thinking of multi-generations. Hope you've liked this content. If so, you can always like, share, uh, subscribe. And uh, if you're into what we've been talking about today, I recommend you go to abrahamswallet.com and look at our posts on luxury. There's Tex. Hey, buddy. Yeah. He's not interested.